Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Amber May Show. And today I am talking to the Arizona House Speaker, Ben Toma. He is running for a U.S. congressional seat here in Arizona. And I wanted to get his take, especially because we have been moving our country slowly over the last few decades to a communist country versus a capitalistic country, a country that's a republic. And so I wanted to have him come on because he has a background in communism and he fled it and I, and he's worked steadily in the Arizona state legislature. So I wanted to have him on and share his viewpoints. What has he been working on in the state legislature? What does he hope to work for in Congress? So that's on today's show. So please like, share and subscribe. If you believe in what I'm doing, please consider becoming an angel investor. And the easiest way to do that is going to theamorratio.com. Hit the donate button and donate whatever you feel you can donate. Or you can be a $5 monthly subscriber by going to theamorratio.locals.com. So join me on Telegram at The Amber May Show. I'm on Shoe Social, Amber May, Frank Social, Amber May, and Clout Hub. So find me on those locations. I'm also on DJ Amber May on Twitter. You can find me there as well. Um, but I wanted to tell you about the commandersartists.com. The commanders artists, they have beautiful artwork. And if you use my name, Amber, you're going to save money at checkout. So go check out the commandersartists.com. He's a friend of General Flynn and he's a wonderful, wonderful patriot. So check out his beautiful artwork at the commandersartists.com. Use my name, Amber, and save some money at checkout. Without any further ado, I'd love to welcome Speaker Ben Toma to the program. Like I told you, I have Arizona House Speaker Ben Toma joining us today on the program. Thank you so much, Speaker Toma, for joining us today. Thank you. Happy to be here. There's so much going on, and I want to get into your congressional race. But before I do that, and I want to also talk about, you know, things that you've done in Arizona that you might be proud of. Um, And so I want to talk about all that, why you're getting into the race but before I do that, I just wanted to give you an opportunity because I feel like there's been a lot said about you on social media, and I've never seen a platform where you've been able to address some of the things that have been said about you, and that is not fair for anybody. And so if if you'd like to take a few minutes, if not, no problem, I can we can go past this, but especially with the runback issue, do you have a connection to Runbeck, which is an election service company? And do you want to address it? If not, I will go past this issue. Uh, no, I'll happily address it. I mean, uh, so the, the, the connection, uh, alleged connection, is that um, a company that my brother manages did, in fact, purchase Runbeck services in August of 2023. I remember this is August of 2023 that we had no connection or he had no connection, I should say, prior to that. Uh, I did, um, by way of full disclosure, and I've said this publicly, so this is not anything new. By way of full disclosure, I did own a very, very small percentage of that company, um, something like less than 1%, which I was one of the original investors when he started it back when he was small and, and insignificant. And his company grew. And what, this is only one of their many investments. 
but they did, in fact, uh, as I said, purchase it um, in, in August of 2023, well after the previous uh, election. And as soon as that happened, I divested my share just to make sure that there's no even perception of impropriety uh, of any kind. Um, and that's really all there is to say. I don't have any connection uh, to it. I, I don't know what they're going to do with it. I don't know what their intent is other than, uh, again, the, 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 the connection, if there is one at all, or even to be implied, happened well after the last uh, election cycle. So I think people should be aware of the actual truth and the actual facts. Okay. Is there anything else out there that you wanted to address given this time? I just think it's fair that if someone's going to say something that the person who's being accused of XYZ gets an opportunity to voice that out. I just want to give you a few minutes. Was there anything else you want to address? You know, probably the only other one that I've seen uh, most recently, and, and, and so let me just take this uh, half a second to just explain that I don't engage in um, in a lot of these accusations that are coming on Twitter and other social media or X or whatever it's called now on these other uh, social media platforms because I find that it actually adds fuel mm -hmm. to the fire instead of um, the people on those platforms are not normally fair. The people that post accusations are not fair and it's easy to make accusations without being aware of the facts at the mm. end of the day. So that's why I don't generally reply. So I wanted to make sure that I say that uh, since you sort of asked at the beginning. Uh, secondly, though, the one other one that I've seen is um, is that some I'm, I'm, I'm an anti-Trumper. Uh, that is not true. As a matter of fact, out of the top candidates in this race, uh, which are, you know, uh, well, we'll let you imply who that is. I'm the only one that actually campaigned for Trump in both 2016 uh, and uh, 2020. As a matter of fact, I personally delivered over you know, thousands of, uh, of mail pieces to homes in my neighborhood as a PC during those times. And it sounds like a lot, and it was a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. And, and, I, and that you may remember this was LD22 back in the day, but it was um, up in North, uh, North Peoria area and uh, Sun Cities mostly. But uh, the, we were the ones that came up with the golden ticket. The original golden ticket idea was actually the grassroots grandmas, uh, two ladies, uh, that came up with it. And I was one of the first to help them. And we had the, one of the biggest precinct, if not the biggest precinct at the time in 22. And I inherited it, which was the West Wing precinct at the time. So it was up to me to deliver them. And believe it or not, lots of people talk about being supportive of Republican candidates, including President mm -hmm. Trump. But at the end of the day, in my experience, many of them have done nothing other than uh, attack others which mm -hmm. is not helpful. Uh, it's just not true. Now, uh, it is also true. So I'm going to I'm going to be very blunt. And, and by the way, that is my brand down here at the at the legislature. That's why people trust me. And that's why I've been able to be successful, because I tell the truth when when people ask fair questions and I will continue to do so. It is true that I in, encouraged um, uh, Governor DeSantis to run. And uh, that was early, early. That was in 2022, I believe, when, when this all happened. And uh and that's because I wanted to make sure that that Republicans win the state of Arizona. And that's that, you know, having said that, that doesn't mean I'm I'm anti-President Trump. As a matter of fact, I've endorsed him. Uh, and, uh, in, you know, in spite of uh, what others have said, bottom line is I'm supportive of, of Republicans winning and I will support President Trump. Fantastic. And I mean, I know what it's like being a PC going door to door, knocking. It's a lot of it's a lot of work. It takes time. You got to take time out of your busy schedule, hit the pavement. And but that's how we win elections. And I'm just encouraging all my fellow PCs out there or anyone who just wants to know how do I get involved, come to a, a legislative district meeting and they will plug you in 
on how you get involved, but don't just come and, and fill a chair, a chair and not do the work because the work is large, especially we have to win this next election, especially in Arizona. I'd also go and say Las Vegas or Nevada, Michigan, Georgia. I mean, we have about a handful of states that we have to win um, this coming session. And it takes all of us locking arms together, knocking on doors, talking to our fellow neighbors, telling them what the issues are. So I want to thank you for addressing those because I want to give you an opportunity to do that. Uh, I found that it was fascinating that you came from a communist nation. Now, were you born here in the United States and your parents came over from a communist nation or or were you born there and then your whole family came because my dad's an immigrant too. So, But I was born here in the United States. So I'd like to talk about your background in communism. Sure. Yeah. So no, I was actually born in uh, in communist Romania in 1978. When I was seven, my uh, I still remember strange people coming to our house. We lived in a very small little town, and so you know anyone strange was strange because you knew everybody basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was actually the secret police, and they came to interrogate my dad, and um, then they came again and again. And I still remember one time they came, and it was just us kids at home. I was the oldest at seven, as I said. And they just sat in the room with us and waited for our parents to get home, uh, which was obviously super creepy. Um, mm -hmm. But in any case, they and so my, my, my parents realized what this meant and that it was only a matter of time before uh, once the secret police started to come and ask you questions before you disappeared or were you know thrown in some labor camp uh, and then disappeared. And so my parents decided to take the risk and they fled. So my mom and dad fled when I was seven. Uh, this was in 1986 in early May. And uh, we didn't know where they went. As a matter of fact, about two or three weeks later, we, when my, my family came to, you know, grandparents and aunts and uncles and whatnot to move us out because they were clearly not coming back. I was the oldest. I had a younger sister that's two and a half years younger than me, a brother that was only, uh, I want to say, almost three at the time and a brother that was uh, one and a half at the time. And uh, in any case, uh, we found a letter on the back of a painting that my mom had written and told us that they were gonna flee and that they weren't coming back. And that obviously they're gonna to try to make their way to the United States um, legally. And um, and that's what happened. They spent seven and a half months in a refugee camp in, in Istanbul. Then they got some sort of preliminary approval, ended up in uh, outside of Rome, Italy for another close to three months. And uh, then ended up in the United States, at which point my mom was told that it would take years two to three years at a minimum before the U.S. government was able to uh, secure our release, the kids. Mm -hmm. But um, God is good and merciful. And um, so really inexplicably, because the U.S. government had no idea we were coming, they um, the communists showed up at my grandma's house with four, four passports for us kids just about a couple months later. And um, grandma and they told her you have five days they have five days to leave the country so they put us on a plane my grandma took us to the airport put us on a plane to jfk and uh nobody knew we were coming the u.s government had no idea uh four little four little kids you know i was i just turned nine nobody spoke english um they you know the only person that waited for us was a twa employee because they were the connecting flight from that our parents secured from jfk to portland oregon where we lived at the time so they uh, that was the person that walked us through security and I, you know just smiled and waved and that was it because we couldn't understand each other um but he put us on a different plane and eventually we were reunited with my parents wow 
what a story fleeing communism and do you do you see the progression of how our country is going from a republic and they're trying to turn us in to a communist nation here have you seen that because uh, i feel like i've seen that yeah. yeah absolutely as a matter of fact you caught me just a few minutes after leaving our judiciary committee where i have um a couple of different bills one's a resolution the other's a bill that uh, that mandates teaching the evils of communism and, uh, and also setting aside November 7th as, uh, as Victims of Communism Day. And, you know, I, I was disheartened, to be perfectly honest with you, because every Democrat in that committee just moments ago voted no on, uh, on requiring children to learn about the evils of communism. And, and it's just, you know, the truth of the matter is, and it's sad, but the truth of the matter is that you have one party that understands what this means, and you have another party that that is so dedicated to to socialism slash communism because basically they're the same thing mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day and um that, that they won't they won't even acknowledge that over a hundred million people have have died uh countless more than that have have suffered poverty obviously the, the deprivation of rights of mm -hmm. human rights of all kinds um you know uh starvation uh, all kinds of evils that uh, that communism has led to and i bet that the I'm just guessing, and you're going to let me know if I'm guessing right. I'm guessing that because of your background of your, your, your family coming over here, that immigration, the immigration issue and the open borders is a big deal to you. Um, talk to me about how you feel about the open border situation. Well, I don't think you're going to find anybody more, more incensed about the situation at the border than, than legal immigrants that have come here that waited their turn, like my parents did. Mm -hmm. um, like my parents them, did, right? Exactly, uh, mm -hmm. and 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 so many others that are that are that are hardcore American and that are hardcore conservatives because we've seen what the what the alternative is, and it's not just theoretical; it's it's actual, you know. And and um, so, absolutely. I mean, what's going on at the border is ridiculous. It is the the fact that the federal government has has refused to do their job. And the fact that the Democrats are still defending a president that is uh, that is just the dereliction of duty is just amazing. And there really aren't any words strong enough to condemn what has happened there. And not only that, but they've actually I don't know how many of your 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 viewers um, and listeners know that they have actually prevented us at the state level and our sheriffs that are on the border from uh, from accessing a lot of these uh, areas when um, a lot of these border areas that are that are that are federal lands uh, from from actually doing any sort of enforcement. I'm not even talking about federal laws. I'm talking about state laws. Like, for example, uh, you know, human trafficking. Mm -hmm. I mean, the evils of that in and of itself mm -hmm. or the fentanyl situation. You know, these are all these people that are doing this are also breaking state law. And, and we have every right to enforce those laws. But the federal mm -hmm. government has prevented us from even accessing uh, these areas. So. It's 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 just it, it, I, there are no words. There really are no words to to express how, mm -hmm. how frustrating the situation is. Mm -hmm. And that's another reason that I think we need somebody uh, going to Congress. And we'll talk about that some more uh, in mm -hmm. a minute, I'm sure. But uh, going to Congress that that is actually able to get things done, not just to 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 talk about it and to tweet about it and to you know and to to self promote uh, often on it but actually to 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 really roll up your sleeves and figure out a way to get it done and secure the border uh, and ensure that that this that this travesty stops hey i'm gonna get to that thought in just a second but right now i'm gonna take a quick break 
Hey friends, are you feeling constantly fatigued? Dealing with constant chronic fatigue where it's hard to get out of bed, it's hard to go to work, it's hard to play with the kids, it's just hard to do life. That's no life at all. And maybe you're overweight. Is it hard for you to lose weight? If these are problems that you're dealing with, perhaps you have a hormone imbalance. I would really highly recommend that you go see Dr. Meehan at MeehanMD.com because he is an expert in balancing hormones and getting our body working at optimal health. So if you're looking for a doctor you can trust, you just feel off. You don't feel your, the way you want to feel like you did a couple years ago, five years ago. Maybe you've been dealing with this for many years. Stop dealing with it. Start living life. So go check out MeHanMD.com. When you're there, let him know Amber May sent you because he can help you get the health that you want, restore your body's hormonal balances back to the way God created it and make you feel better. And while you're there, check out his supplemental store. He has amazing supplements to help support all kinds of functions in the body. Whether you're trying to support your immune health, your gut health, maybe you have trouble sleeping, go check him out at mehandmd.com. When you're there, use promo code AMBER at checkout. Hey, I'm Christina Bob, and you are listening to The Amber May Show. To celebrate the new year, we're having the biggest sale ever on overstock clearance and brand new products. For example, save 60% on our Goose Down comforters, the best comforters ever. They go perfectly with our MyPillow bedsheets and duvet covers. Save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels. They're made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Our initial quantities are extremely low, so get them now before they go. Our seasonal flannel sheets are finally in. You save up to 50% and they sell out fast every year, so order now. They're truly the best flannel sheets you'll ever sleep on. Or save up to 80% on all our clearance items. And this is where it gets even better. For a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all MyPillow products. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free. You are listening to The Amber May Show, and now we return to the show already in progress. The Chinese Communist Party is working with the cartels. It's not just a drug cartel like we had maybe a decade ago. They have they have changed and morphed into something a lot more than just a drug cartel. They're a national, uh, a worldwide organization, and they've definitely partnered with the Chinese government. And the Chinese government allows them to bring fentanyl into our country. And I, my husband's best friend, has been a, a victim of fentanyl poisoning with his own family. And I think if it hasn't hit your home yet, it will hit your home. Not too long ago, did we hear about a a one-year-old baby dying of fentanyl in a daycare because probably some person at the daycare is into drugs. I don't know, but all we know is that there was a one-year-old that died in New York at a daycare. And so if it hasn't hit your family yet, it will. And we're also hearing more and more and more about Chinese nationals coming in, men, military-age men coming into our country. The Chinese Socialist Party, Chinese Communist Party, they want to destroy our country, and they're doing it from the inside out because they can't do it kinetically. So what are your thoughts? Like, Because I, I want to go back to Arizona, but this is such an important issue, not just here locally as, as you are a state representative, a speaker in Arizona state government, but as you want to move forward with uh, your congressional race, what are some of ideas you have and 
I also have to ask you, <laughs> is Governor Hobbs trying to do anything about it? But what are your ideas to combat the illegal immigration and to secure our border here in Arizona? So unfortunately, the reality of it is this is a federal issue. And every time the state has tried to take direct steps, uh, we, you know, we lose in, in court and, uh, and the Supreme Court intervenes and, and sort of has clarified that this is a federal issue. That's not an excuse. We continue to try to do different things. And I've got some ideas on, on ways that, that I'm currently working on that, um, that I think are going to rock the boat, too, in a way that is legal, um, which, uh, which, which I'm not quite ready to disclose entirely okay. yet because, it, you know, you, you want to be careful about what you say and when um, mm -hmm. in, order to, in order to get something big done. Uh, that very thing happened, for example, with the school choice bill, which we can talk about. In, in I definitely well. want to talk but, about that. Yes. Yeah, no, we'll talk about that. But the point is, like, you're not, you know, you don't want to telegraph to the other side what you're going to do. You want to make sure that that you take them by surprise when when appropriate, and that uh, strategy matters is what I'm getting at. But going back to your to your question regarding the border, I think there there are a lot of things we can do. For example, there's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't be tripling the size of border patrol. We can we can easily afford that as a country. The cost associated with with not even mind the terrorism, which which is what you're you're, mm -hmm. you're we can talk about that in a moment too, including the, the Chinese Communist Party, uh, but but also. Uh, just the human trafficking, the the, the cost of fentanyl mm -hmm. uh, overdoses. And, and by the way, that remind, your story that you just said reminded me of a story that happened in Florida, I want to say last year, where a baby, um, a, a toddler was crawling on the floor and died of uh, of of, of um, poisoning, uh, fentanyl poisoning, fentanyl overdose, mm -hmm. just by trace amounts that they got off the floor in a short-term rental that mm -hmm. the previous tenant, you know, someone didn't catch it, the, the vacuum didn't get it. And just imagine how horrible that is as a parent. Uh, but in any case, so evil things are happening, bad things are happening. But like I said, triple border patrol, absolutely no reason to have double the amount of judges uh, seeking asylum in order to get this process going much, much faster. And um, there's other ways you can do this. You can tighten these asylum laws, and we absolutely need to do that uh, as, as, as a country. And by the way, sometimes there are Republicans that have good ideas and they have good intent that can actually make things worse. For example, um, there's uh, one bill that that wants to declare that terrorists, I'm sorry, that uh, cartels are terrorist organizations. Okay, I get that. Whole support, wholeheartedly support the concept. But unfortunately, if you do that, then these people that are quote fleeing the cartels can now say that they're fleeing terrorism and instead of apply for political asylum in the United States uh, on federal law on a federal law basis. So we have to be very careful that by 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 doing what we're doing, we don't actually end up creating a bigger problem and giving them more opportunities to uh, to enter this country illegally and to stay here uh, illegally. But in any case, all that can happen. Also, you know, working with Mexico and ensuring that that there are there are consequences to them not doing their part uh, to, to stop this. You know that we, we give a lot of aid to Mexico mm -hmm. and and we can tie aid to 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 improvements um, in, in the amount of people that they allow to get to our border. Uh, and let's be honest, a lot of these people, as you rightly said, are coming from different countries, uh, either through, you know, all, all the way from Central America through Mexico North. But often they're flying into Mexico from places like China mm -hmm. and other, you know, Russia and places like that and uh, and crossing the border. So there's ways that Mexico can definitely help and, and step up and they know it. So those are all things we can do and must do in order to and not to mention, of course, the wall. I mean, that's just mm -hmm. a basic thing. And we've got to finish that, um, and 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 that's absolutely again a travesty that they that they stop building that.
Now you mentioned the school, uh, the school uh, scholarships, and and you were, I think you wrote the bill, didn't you? Write the ESA bill. Okay, and so I'm going to bring up what I have gotten in my emails regarding um, Katie Hobbs' attack on the empowerment scholarship. Now, I, 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 everything wording is everything. You know, we have to if we want to really get people on our side, we have to say it in a way that makes sense to them. And what's making sense to me is the fact that Katie Hobbs wants to take money out of the hands of low-income families, out of middle-class families, and not allow them to have the opportunity to have private education. You know, for all these years, it's only been the very wealthy that have been um, able to afford sending their children to private education. And your bill allowed middle-class, low-income families the same opportunities that the rich have been having, allowing their kids to have a wonderful education at the private school level. Not only that, your bill allowed regular everyday people who want to choose to homeschool their kids the ability to um, afford the curriculum. Because I think most people don't understand how, um, how expensive the curriculum is. It's super expensive. And then, you know, because you're homeschooling, you don't necessarily have sports tied with it or a music program tied with it. Or, or anything else to expand the education process. So your bill allows different um, the, the money to be used in different ways so that they can expand the education, not just with books, but also hands-on learning, maybe like a sport, being a part of a team or getting music lessons somewhere that because they're not a part of a school. So that being said, this has been coming out with, uh, I'm going to share my screen. This has been coming out and I just thought this was really important to share with you because this is saying, this is coming from the Arizona Education Board and they were saying that um, approximately, you know, the Katie Hobbs is always saying that it's costing the state more and costing the state more, but actually there is a budget surplus and the right here, it says that Department of Education projects the state will end fiscal year with a $57 million education budget surplus. There have been much talks by those who oppose the state ESA program that it will bankrupt the state. For the record, the Department of Education projects that the state will not spend that um, that was budgeted for education in the fiscal year 23 to the tune of $57 million. A surplus is not an indication of bankruptcy. I'd love to have your thoughts on, on that. Well, there's a lot to say about this. Um, first and foremost, you're right. It is my, my bill. I'm the one who designed it in many ways and, and got it through the legislature when everyone thought it was impossible um, in, in 2022. As a matter of fact, they're calling 2023, the year of school choice uh, nationwide, because many other states have, have done something similar. But that was only because, and let's be honest here, that was only because we were able to do it in 2022. And then other red states uh, decided to, to push it and, and to grant parents um, the, the same sort of opportunities or similar opportunities, because actually, believe it or not, ours is still the most universal uh, without um, many of the strings attached that have passed in other states. Not not criticizing them. I'm glad that they're making mm -hmm. choices to, to do something similar. But that's the first thing. Second thing is, you know, it, we started with my background. And to me, the the education system uh, that doesn't allow choice is is an education system that is fundamentally anti-American. You think about the fact that, you know, this country is all about freedom and you have freedom to to choose who, you know, where you go, 
uh, to shop, where you go to to the doctor, even if you're on, you know, like an access type system or something like that, you can still choose a different provider if you don't like the one you're in. But the, from a practical standpoint, for schools in many places, they just don't have choices for their for their uh, for their for their kids. And you're right, also that the wealthy have always had these choices, right? Because mm -hmm. they have the means necessary to send their kids to private schools. So the beauty of this bill, while it is universal and it applies to everyone by definition, that includes the wealthy, which is a favorite point of attack um, mm -hmm. by, by Hobbs and the Democrats, but it's it's it, it really empowers everybody else that didn't have mm -hmm. the means, uh, that now have the means to be able to to use uh, these choices. Now, in terms of the budget, so they, they try to say, well, it's, it's too expensive. And the, the reason for that is that you know, we fund children here in Arizona on a per pupil basis. And, and so when your child is enrolled in a, a district school, then certain amount of dollars from the state and from mm -hmm. property taxes go to that district. And it's a sort of a you know, proportional amount per person. Not everything is entirely per person and the whole system is super complex. And that's part of the problem. Uh, in terms of getting uh, getting a true cost idea of, of what the you know what it actually costs, but basically that's how it works. Okay, now on a, if your child goes to a charter school, then it's all state general fund because there's no property tax associated with the with the charter school, and so anyway, there's a state general fund impact. But the ESA amounts are also state general fund, and so what what Hobbs is trying to say is that this is this is more this is effectively what she's saying is this this system is more popular than we originally anticipated and because of that uh it's you know it's it's unaffordable because we now have a deficit as a as a state for for the following two years but the reality of it is the legislature doesn't fund specific programs we don't have a separate line item for example for district schools versus versus uh charter schools versus esa what we do is we fund the total um, amount that we need, that we need to fund for education for K-12. And that total is, is now actually under budget. And part of the reason is whenever a child switches from, uh, from any, from a charter school to an ESA or from a many district schools to an ESA, the state actually saves money mm -hmm. because the ESA amount is, is roughly $7,200 per child right now, mm -hmm. while the uh, charter and, 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 and state, uh, sorry, district school uh, total is about double that. So now that's again complexity. I apologize. I'm, I'm, I might confuse some of your uh, some of your viewers and listeners. No, I'm following. And that's what not you're my saying. Intent. Yeah. But but the the the, the bottom line is, uh, if you know nothing else, to the taxpayer. Now forget about where which pot it's coming out of for just one moment. To the taxpayer, if you knew nothing else, this is what you need to know: to send a child to a district school or to a charter school you're talking about double on average than it costs to, to have a child on the ESA. So hypothetically, this would never happen. Uh, but if it were, if every child switched from those options to an ESA, the state would save something like $6 billion ongoing. So it's, you know, again, complexity sort of hides mm -hmm. and it makes it makes it difficult to, to sort of get a real trace of what's happening. But net net is, um, never mind the outcomes. I mean, the outcomes of of kids that are that are are using and parents that have chosen to use these school choice programs, uh, they're they're so so far outpace the other options that there's no comparison. There uh, so net net is uh, you know Hobbs and the Democrats want to want to attack the program. She made it part of her state of the state last year, saying she yeah. was going to eliminate it. There is progress this year. She's not saying she's going to eliminate it. Instead, she's going to try to to load it with a lot of bureaucracy and rules and regulations. Uh, to make it difficult for parents to use, 
uh, I'm not going to let that happen while I'm here. Um, other Republicans are not going to let that happen while we're here. And that's another reason, by the way, that we need to make sure that, uh, that the legislature stays in Republican mm-hmm. control since we've only had one vote majorities for the last mm-hmm. uh, it's been six years now. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a problem of a, a you know political problem of a different sort. But the net net of it is it, it's all bluster. It's all, you know, it, and I'm not, uh, you know, they want to say that I, much like the previous conversation about other topics, they want to say that I'm anti-public schools. I'm not. It's not about that for me. It's about, you know, if you if your children go to a public school and, and you like it, a public district school, great. If they go to a charter school and you like it, great. If it fits them, if not, then you should have options. And this empowers parents. And at the end of the day, I'm willing to trust parents more than I'm willing to try the so-called experts. Hey, I'm going to get to that thought in just a second. But right now, I'm going to take a quick break. In the early 1900s, like in 1920s, 30s, you with $20, you used to be able to buy an entire men's suit. You could get the handkerchief, the tie, the vest, the jacket, the pants, the belt, everything. And you could also buy that with a piece of gold. Now, in today's standards, you can't buy much with $20, maybe a tie, maybe that's it. You could not even come close to an entire men's suit with a $20 bill. However, if you still had a piece of gold, you could still buy an entire men's suit with that piece of gold. See, silver and gold have intrinsic value and it's had intrinsic value since the beginning of time. It's always been a currency around since the existence of man, gold and silver. So why not protect your investments and protect your earning power by owning some gold and silver? And the easiest way to do that is contacting Jim Tewell at epswealthmanagement.com. That's Edward Paul Sam, wealthmanagement.com, epswealthmanagement.com. Give him a call and let him know you'd like them to have some tangible assets in your portfolio. You'd like to have some gold and silver and, and he can help you do that. So if you're ready to protect yourself and protect your investments, then go ahead and give Jim T. Wald a call whom you've seen on our program at epswealthmanagement.com. Let him know Amber May sent you. America Patriots. We are currently on the Amber May show. So stay tuned. Amber May. Hey friends, I want to tell you what I recently did. I broke away from the big three. I was tired of the woke mobile and I wanted to go to a Christian conservative company that I could trust that support the organizations that I value and that is Patriot Mobile. So when you go to patriotmobile.com slash Amber, you are going to get free activation. It is super easy to get started to switch from the big free to Patriot Mobile. They'll walk you step by step. It is not difficult at all. And I've had tremendous service since I made the switch. So I recommend if you want to vote with your wallet and and support a company that supports your values, go to PatriotMobile.com slash Amber and save on free activation. So that's PatriotMobile.com slash Amber. Now the links are in the description below or on my website at TheAmberMayShow.com slash promo. So check that out. So it's time to vote with our wallet, ditch the woke mobile, and go to a Christian conservative mobile. And that is PatriotMobile.com slash Amber. You are listening to The Amber May Show and now we return to the show already in progress. Exactly. Well, that being said, I want to tag on to this uh, the tax credit scholarships that were before the universal ESA. Now, we already had the empowerment scholarships before, and that was mostly for, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, kids with disabilities or kids that were adopted. Those children were given this ESA money prior, but you have expanded it. Was Do I understand that correctly? 
uh, on the, the before STO the program. universal. Uh, right. So we've we've expanded STOs in various ways in the past. Uh, I've supported that as well. It's another it's another form of school choice. Uh, yes, I know she attacked Hobbs attacked it in her state of the state. Yes. This this year. And again, the reason is they want they don't like the the fact that that they don't have more money to spend and we have a state deficit. And so and we have actually unlike the feds, we can't print money. Uh, we can't spend at a deficit at a state. We have to have a structurally balanced budget. And so they don't like this. And so they're picking on programs that they want to eliminate uh, in order to to get more money, basically, for them to spend it on their priorities uh, as Democrats. But uh, we're not going to let this happen in short. I mean, this is another form of school choice. As I said, I'm not married to one particular version of school choice. If, if parents want to use this uh, option, which many of them do, then by all means. Now, this is a little bit less popular, I would admit, than it had been in the past, simply because ESAs are now pop popular. Yeah. And you can't do both at the same time. Right. Uh, but uh, but but we're going to protect this. I mean, this is this is a no brainer. Uh, this is a type of school choice that that I, I just don't see them uh, uh, being able to 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 eliminate. I will say, though, uh, I am I, I will admit at, at this point, I probably should just in, 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 to be perfectly fair to the Democrats. I am responsible in many ways for the fact that we uh, we are in a deficit now. And that's because one of the bills that I did design and pass was the flat tax which finally took effect fully last year, uh, which is the biggest tax cut in state's history. It's a $2 billion tax cut every year. If we hadn't done that, we would have uh, a $2 billion surplus this year. Uh, we would have, eight, in other words, over the next two years, we'd have another $4 billion, but uh, we would have a lot less people uh, moving here, a lot less jobs, a lot less, uh, a less of a vibrant economy and, and long-term we might be in a much worse place. So mm -hmm. it's, it's I've, I recognize the, the flat tax has reduced um, the capacity for government to spend. Uh, but quite honestly, I don't know how else we're able to cut bloated government than to, as President Reagan said, hide the wallet, which uh, which is to say cut taxes to begin with. So, uh, you know, happy to touch on that subject too, if you'd like. Oh yeah, I definitely want to talk, talk about that subject, but I do want to educate people who don't know what a scholarship tuition organization is really quick. Prior to the universal basic, the universal scholarship, this was the only way I could fund my kids' education because I did not want them in the public school system with the indoctrination. And so what I would do is I would uh, write letters to people I knew. And anytime they donated any money to my kids' school using the scholarship tuition organization, we used Arizona Christian students. Uh, to a scholarship tuition organization and they they wrote my name my kid's name on and the school when it came tax time they got their money back dollar for dollar so it's almost as if they didn't ever pay to begin with because they get all that money back it saved the state money it allowed me the freedom of choice where i wanted to put my kids and katie hobbs is attacking that and so both of these programs are amazing and wonderful. My fear is because we've had a lot of election interference in our state, in our county especially. My fear is they're they went after the executive branch in this last 22 election. My fear is they're going after the legislative branch. So anyone needs to get out and help support our, our, represent our, our Republicans that are running in office right now because they've already said it plain and simple they don't want these programs they want you to be in the public schools period no choice and i'm not good with that and i hope other parents are not good with that because if they take over the state legislature, katie hobbs can't do anything right now because the republicans are in control 
However, in this next go around, if the Democrats take over the state let, with the legislature, my fear is they'll repeal all this. So that's why it's like, to me, it's a do or die situation right now. And it's all hands on deck. You can no longer sit by and say someone else will take care of it. You have to get involved. And that's why I'm always pushing people to become a precinct committeeman, bare minimum. Run for a school board. You'll get educated on what you can do in your neighborhoods um, by coming to a district meeting. And you can look that up online. So that being said, um, this is really important. and. When you go to Congress, I've been asking everyone that's been running in, in your race, because you have a lot of great people running in your race. One thing that's really important to me is term limits and not just term limits on Congress. I want term limits on judges because we've seen lawfare happen um, and it's very pronounced right now. And the saying that absolute power corrupts absolutely is something I believe in. I don't understand that someone, I, I don't think it's right for someone to indefinitely sit in a judiciary seat and never have that challenge of, oh, I might, I might have to get booted out because I only have X number of years. So I want to make these number of years the best years ever. You get complacent, you can get bought out. And so are you open to running a bill when you go to Congress to put term, term limits on members of Congress, but also members, judges? Uh, I am. You know, the truth is, um, well, first of all, I will say that I don't normally sign pledges, but uh, the one exception that I definitely did make was the term limits pledge, which I did sign. And the reason for that is, look, I, I don't know all the details of what's going on in, in, in Congress and in D.C. Uh, generally, I tried to avoid the place, <laughs> to be honest, up to this up to, <laughs> up to this point. You know, I've been focused on, on, on working at the state level where we can actually get things done and things yeah. actually happen which uh, one of the frustrations with DC is that, that that really nothing good seems to happen other than government continues to get bloated and bigger and bigger mm -hmm. and they kick the can down the road and they're always infighting uh, and, and shooting at, at each other, uh, often at their own party, which is just not helpful to actually moving the ball forward in my opinion. But so net net is it's clear that Washington is broken. Something is wrong. The current system is not working. And uh, quite frankly, I don't know of a better way to, um, uh, to, to, to shake things up than to, than to force some sort of common sense term limit setup. And, um, and so 100% agree. Uh, on the judges, I, I mean, I think the same, the same sort of thing applies. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, maybe, maybe the term itself is, is a little bit different, maybe not exactly the same for Congress mm -hmm. versus judges or something. And I'm, I'm open to that discussion. I, I don't have really strong feelings on, on exactly what it needs to be like. But I do think we need to do something to to shake things up and uh, and sort of the good old boy kind of club. And I don't mean to impugn anybody here, but but the uh, but the good old boy kind of club in terms of tenure, you know, is really the thing that matters most. That shouldn't be the case. It should be more about you know, not resources, but uh, but results. It should mm -hmm. be more about results. What have you done while you're there? You know, mm -hmm. we have we have term limits here in Arizona, as as you probably know, I'm termed out as speaker. This is my last year here. And that's okay, you know. I've done I've done a lot while I've been here um, to push to push conservative and, and Republican ideas, and uh, and that's why I'm running for Congress too. At the end of the day, what we need is people that can that can find ways to to get to get get what really was impossible things done. I mean, I, I got to tell you just the honest truth, and I don't think anybody would disagree down here. Nobody thought the flat tax was possible. Right. Um, I know they didn't because they fought me tooth and nail until the very end. Uh, and, and definitely nobody thought school choice was possible, including all my friends who told me that 
that that's just you know it's a great idea look we, we you know backpack funding which is the, the dollars following the child mm -hmm. uh, really anywhere they go is, is is sort of the holy grail of school choice and, and mm -hmm. that was never going to happen uh, just given the, the makeup of the legislature and the fact that we had one vote majorities, in other words, narrow majorities, just like they have in Congress. Mm -hmm. But I was able to get there, you know, not because of me, but because, um, you know, I'm a man of faith. So I'll admit this to you. I'm, God used me to do it, you know, and I fully recognize that that's the case. I can't tell you. I, I, I would call myself a realist. Some would call me a pessimist. We'll leave it. At, <laughs> we'll leave the debate where it is. But the, the net net of it is. We need people that can actually work with other people that will keep their word that have credibility and uh and say what you will but uh, as i said and we even started the your your, your show this way I, I will tell the truth no matter what because i fear god above more than i fear anyone here and uh and at the end of the day i want to be able to stand before him and him say okay well done as opposed to well you lied you cheated you you know you 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 tried not to offend you you know all those things um, I'd rather just be able to say, I told the truth. Uh, and sometimes it was ugly. Sometimes it was unpleasant, but we need people like that in DC that can actually get things done. What made you push forward with the flat tax? Like, tell me what, what was the, was there infighting? Like, tell me the background of the whole flat tax. And is it something that you might want to propose in Washington? Um, I'd like sure. your ideas on that. Sure. Look, I mean, in my experience, complexity whether it's in uh, any sort of government system, is is really the enemy that often uh, obscures uh, solution and allows government to get bigger and regulations to get more onerous and and constricts uh, everybody from a small business. And I'm a small business owner, just so you know. That's how I actually pay the bill um, uh, bills for for our family. And and so it, that's that's really the problem. At the end of the day, you have these incredibly complex tax schemes that uh, allow certain individuals to skirt them and to take advantage. You know, you've heard the age old, you know, some of the super wealthy pay a very small percentage compared to the average person, you and I, that, that end up paying a higher percentage. Mm -hmm. And that's fundamentally unfair. And that's just because of the way the whole thing is structured. And you have all these carve outs that happen because the taxes are high and then we want investment. So we want to attract investment. This happens at the state mm -hmm. level too, by the way, not just at the federal level, but it's much worse there. And in terms of dollar amounts anyway, uh, so we need to simplify the whole thing. And to me, that's why the flat tax made a lot of sense in Arizona. We had a progressive tax system before. It was very complicated. You had all these deductions. And sometimes you had people that were making a lot of money that were paying a smaller percentage. So mm -hmm. I so I really pushed for it for a number of reasons. One, it's easy for business owners and for companies to plan. And that's really important when you're talking about a company that's coming here that's going to invest uh, like TSMC. You know, what is it? 20 to 40 billion dollars over x number of years intel 20 billion in, mm -hmm. uh, themselves and others they need to know what the tax structure will be like in arizona and then they can plan for it and everybody can understand 2.5 percent it's easy by the way that's the lowest flat tax in the nation also for states that have um a, a, an income tax altogether so to me it made a lot of sense to make it easy for people to comply and, and it's a it's a way for government to to collect what's necessary. You know, you've heard it before, I'm sure, debt and taxes, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's necessary for government to do certain things. Infrastructure, for example, are things that only really government can do uh, in, in any significant way. Safety, you know, providing for public safety. All those types of things are important that, are, that a government is a legitimate um, uh, role of a government, even in a, in a conservative society uh, that, that believe in conservative values. So anyway, that net of it all is, we need um, we need we need funds, but making it flat, easy, predictable, 
no additional deductions, you know, no complications. You know, at the end of the day, everybody knows what that what that amount will be. The same thing needs to happen at the federal level. At the end of the day, you need to know exactly what everybody's paying. Everybody's paying their fair share. Everybody's paying. It's a percentage. That's the mm-hmm. other thing too. The, sorry, I want to. I, I can't let this go just no, because the left always goes do. after this. It's a percentage. Mm-hmm. A percentage by definition means that someone making more is going to pay more, mm-hmm. right? You know, two point five percent of a hundred thousand is more than two point five percent of fifty thousand. It's double, right? Mm-hmm. It's that's just the the reality. And so the the left will always use this. Well, you know, the wealth have uh, sorry, the, the the rich have more, so therefore they should pay more. They are if it's a percentage. So let's be honest here. Uh, that's, that's, that's an important, uh, point. And also the rich for better, for better or worse, they also do tend to invest and to create jobs and, and, and there's nothing anti-American about making more money and improving your situation. That's why so many immigrants want to come here often in the first place for those that are fleeing anyway, for economic reasons that are coming here for economic reasons. So it's, that's okay. As long as we're all fair across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, to answer your question very bluntly, I, I think that would be a great thing to do at the federal level. And and we're going to need to do some pretty drastic things at the federal level because, you know, we can no longer in, in seven years, I think the projection is we're not going to be able to afford social security anymore. Uh, Medicare is, and Medicaid are short, shortly behind that. We've got some major, major problems. Our interest rate, our interest amount now that we pay and the money that we keep borrowing is now higher than our defense budget. I mean, all of that, it you know what happens, right? When your credit starts going down, mm-hmm. costs start going up, mm-hmm. it only gets worse from here. Mm-hmm. We need to get serious people in there that are willing to fix it. Yeah, I mean, my my grocery budget just alone doubled, just alone since Donald Trump left office. In three years, it doubled. Is it going to double again in another year or another three years? I mean, gas too. It's making it so hard for the everyday, every American person to just get by. Um, And so I'd love for you to take that idea to Washington because honestly, like the rich, I agree with you. We need the rich because they do all those great things and I'm not anti being rich. Uh, I want, I'm pro capitalism, which is so opposite of communism. They don't want us to be communist. They want, there's a few people that have all the power, like BlackRock. You know, there's a few companies that own all of the communications and Disney being one of them. There's only a handful. I would like to see a lot of demopolization happen with when we get good people in Washington, because I think we've consolidated power so much by these super globalists that they want the super rich and everyone else to be super poor. And that's a communistic type model where there's not this ability to uh, where the market dictates whether you should live or die, so to speak, with businesses. Um, so I would love to see something like that because right now what I what I know about the wealthy or at least some of them is they don't pay their fair share because there's there's different stru- uh, business structures or financial structures in place and they put their, they'll build a nonprofit and they'll put their money through a nonprofit or they'll put this this uh, financial tool together or that financial tool and then there's a lot of money that never gets taxed because there's a lot of financial tools that avoid some of these taxes so, I would be fine with a flat tax in Washington. I mean, they, they have the resources to hire professionals to to use all, all the loopholes mm-hmm. that you and I don't have. Mm-hmm. So they're not, you know, they're not doing it illegally. No, right? they're but, not. Right. But and, and, and at some level, it 
as frustrating as it is, it's almost like you can't blame them, uh, you know, for, 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 for using what's legal, but it's very frustrating because, uh, because exactly what you said is true. What happens then is that this, is, this, this, this whole system is set up such that it actually eliminates the middle and it sort of uh, segregates people uh, economically uh, because they have the resources to, to take advantage of it in the first place while the average person does not. So wholeheartedly agree with you. Yeah. So what are some things that you want to, your goals, your dreams that you'd like to attack? If you, if you have the ability to go after, what are some things that like one of the first couple priorities you have? I mean, we don't know what it's like going to Washington DC because we haven't worked in the swamp, but our, our Congresswoman Debbie Lesko has been there. So I'm sure she could give you some pointers. I know that she has personally recommended you and endorsed you to take her yeah. seat in, in this. And that's a big compliment on your part to get an endorsement from our sitting Congresswoman already. So what are some ideas besides a tax thing that you'd like to, and, and I love the idea of term limits because, you know, we can't have the Nancy Pelosi sitting there forever. It's a joke now. It's a retirement joke now on social media. I don't know if you've seen the yeah. memes that like, I don't know if I should put grandpa in a home or Washington, D.C. I mean, this is where we're at. It's just and the good old boy system. If we don't have a system to get rid of people then the deals start getting made. Maybe you start out as this really honorable person, but maybe over time, just being around this swampy area, just over time I get to you and you end up finding yourself down the river in the swamp. So I just think term limits are just good for mankind in general. Um, so besides that, what yeah. other things did you want to accomplish while you were in, in D.C.? Yeah, you know, first I will say that um, that I was honored to 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 be to be called uh, by Congresswoman Lesko and asked to run, which is what what happened. Um, and and I admit to you that I was not interested or originally even thinking about going to D.C. Um, partially because I you know I've got a, a pretty good sized family and uh, I, I love the girls and, and we've got six girls. Uh, and uh, the youngest is 14 still. And um, and I happen to like, like I said, my family, I like hanging out with them. And I don't like the idea of being on a plane uh, every week or every other week, you know, back and forth for four or five days at a time. Uh, but that said, you know, I was honored to to be to receive the call from Congresswoman Lesko. I have the utmost respect for her and uh, and I'll continue to 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 have that respect. And so and I, you know, I asked her. I, I got to be honest with you too. I asked her why she would have chosen me because her and I didn't actually work together that much. Um, we overlapped for only a few months here in the legislature, and 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 she kind of said the same thing that I've been saying to you, which is that you know you've you've done things in a in a very similar situation uh, here at the state with with one vote majorities, uh, contentious you know members that are taking shots at each other sometimes in the same party, and we're able to. To keep it together and, and get things done and move the ball forward and and that's what we need in dc so what am i going to focus on I, I will tell you that i will focus first and foremost on the border situation simply because that is just such a dire need right now and we talked about that already so i'm not going to repeat that secondly a lot of these financial issues that are just not uh sexy to be honest i mean i'm not sure what other term to use that are that are very difficult to, to get your heads around and, and, and arms around to understand um, uh, specifically around, 
you know, how to make sure that these systems, the promises that we've made to, to the workers and to the baby boomers and, and to everybody that's contributed to the system on, around Social Security, around Medicare, Medicaid, uh, that, we, that we have those resources uh, and that we structure those programs in such a way that, that, um, that, they, that they'll be sustainable in the long term. Uh, you know, we didn't really talk much about foreign policy, but that's important to me. I'm very much of the Reagan school of thought. Reagan was still president. I was only nine uh, at the time when we came here. But I got to tell you, I've always had respect for him as a president and, and what he did during that during that time. Um, but uh, wholeheartedly believe that 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 uh, from a foreign policy standpoint, what we need to do is to speak softly and carry a big stick. I think Reagan said that or something like that, which is to say, don't let people mess with you as a as a country, and then they won't. You know, Russia, uh, China, Iran—they're bullies, and they don't understand anything but 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 a smash in the face. And that's mm -hmm. exactly what needs to happen when they step out of line. Uh, I don't agree with appeasement. Uh, I come from at least uh, you know Eastern Europe, which is that sort of thought similar to Russia, not exactly the same by any stretch, but similar. And I understand, and, and I can tell you from from personal experience, they do not respect anything but strength. So we have to be strong. And if we're strong, then peace will reign. If we're not, then then chaos. And we're already seeing a weak president currently mm -hmm. in, in, in Joe Biden that is allowing things to spin out of control, allowing Iran to mess with us. They've killed mm -hmm. our soldiers now. Mm -hmm. And we're thinking about what we're going to do in reply. I mean, it's ridiculous to me. It, it, it's got to stop. We, we have to have stronger uh, action at, at, in, in D.C. And so those are some of the things that, that, that I'm going to be focused on. Uh, one other item, which which is complicated, and and I don't mean this to, to imply that I have all the answers to, but just the super uh, escalating cost of uh, healthcare, uh, and we talked about inflation in general. So yes, this is part of that, but just mm -hmm. the, the the cost of healthcare, and again, the complexity, and and every time I talk to members of the healthcare organization, they say, well, first of all, most of these plans, eighty percent of healthcare uh, costs are, are are really federally insured through these ERISA plans, and so often mm -hmm. we can't really do much at the state level. But every time you talk to providers, you know, they say it's it's those guys' fault. And when you talk to pharma, they say it's those guys' fault. And then you talk to the PBMs and to the hospitals and to um, insurance companies, and it's always mm -hmm. those guys' fault, you know, and it's, mm -hmm. we've got to stop that. We've mm -hmm. got to get to the bottom and get our heads around um, uh, what what's causing a lot of this. And uh, the only way to do that is to, to really push some transparency measures. So also thinking very much along those lines. Oh, perfect. Well, I want to thank you, Speaker Toma, for joining us today. I know you have a busy schedule today. Um, so I want to thank you for carving out time and joining us and telling us about how you want to, uh, Go after DC and make it a yeah. better place for all of us here in the United States. So thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thank you. Appreciate being on. Thank you for joining us today on the Amber May Show. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure you like, share, and subscribe. And if there's someone that came to mind, please share this episode with them. Please follow us on Telegram at the Amber May Show, True Social Amber May, Frank Social Amber May, or Clout Hub. I can't wait to see you next time on the Amber May Show. EBSRA LLC is a registered investment advisor. The information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investment, or investment strategies. Investment involved risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategies discussed.